walk at the venue, and it was in like a suburb of Houston, so I really didn't see. Do you know what, what suburb? No, but the the venue was like White Horse or something like that. White something. White Oak. White Oak. White Oak. Oak. White Oak Music Hall. I that's think that's it. in Cyprus. Uh, I could be wrong. I no, very, very wrong. You're probably right. That's it. White Oak. It was super nice. What what? Who were you playing with at that time? That was with Mike Doty and Weedis last spring. Okay, cool. Yeah, Sweet. it was dope. Yeah. How old are you? Twenty one. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. I'm uh I'm twenty five. Twenty five? Yeah. Old man. So. Old man. I'm getting there. Yeah, the uh the um I had to so I was shown your Instagram by one of my buddies uh, he's like you gotta check this girl out she throws down like she's really good I promise you and like I was like alright cool y'all yeah, check her out and then uh, I was blown away Aww, I really was that's yeah. so sweet thank you man yeah, yeah absolutely the uh, are you are you at Berkeley or are yes you... Berkeley online still Let's Berkeley go. online okay yeah How's I mean that going? It, it wasn't <laughs> online before but it's fine I'm approaching my fourth semester of online which is crazy because so I you've been on you've been online already since spring yeah berkeley online pandemic wise not like I'm, okay okay gotcha, gotcha i'm enrolled in berkeley online um but it might as well be that way so yeah this yeah, is okay. approaching my fourth semester and it feels like super anticlimactic like yeah. it's just the same thing although it's different classes it's the same feeling yeah I, I, I get that because when I was finishing my master's, I I went for percussion. So I went for mm-hmm. like orchestral stuff and everything. So I finished my master's in May and they uh, it was very anticlimactic is a good way to put it. Oh, my uh, God. You finished in May. That's yeah, such finished a bummer. In May. My, yeah. Two weeks before my recital was happening, uh, it got canned. So <sighs> that, that's, uh, that's a good time. So it <laughs> wasn't depressing at all. But That's uh, crazy, you, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had enough time to process it and, like, change what I'm doing at Berkeley so that it doesn't feel that way, you know? Because I right. was a performance major, uh, but I'm certainly not doing that anymore. I wasn't, what, are you, what are you now? It's called professional music. Uh, okay. It's super vague, but a lot of people, when they get to Berkeley, they're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I want to do a lot of things. I want to do business. I want to do production. And... I sort of felt that way like I was all over the spectrum with interests and I feel like that's a good place to be as a musician anyways unless you're really interested in like I want to be the best audio engineer there is then don't do that or obviously I want to be the best drummer I can be but I wanted to grab other things as well so professional Mm. music is just like you can make your own schedule sort of right I would have done the music business thing if the institutions I went to offered it. Uh-huh. So when I was in my undergrad at McNeese State in in Louisiana, we it was either your music ed or your music performance. Yeah, it's so, like a conservatory. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it, uh, there was a lot of modern elements to it, mm-hmm. um, but we were all just like drum nerds in general. We wanted to learn everything. So yeah, um, hand drums, world percussion, African, you know, African drums, yes. Indian stuff, uh, but then also the orchestral stuff. So. We wanted to be as versatile as we could. A lot of drum set, but like kind of on on our own track. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, but then you know, my master's is in performance. Uh, just it was the same institution though. It was like 
you know, the school of being as versatile as possible. Yeah. Like if I if I get called for a timpani gig, I'm gonna play it. Um, totally. But also totally. also if I get called to play shaker for three hours, I'll do that too, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, right. So. Yeah, that's what performance is about. It's just being as versatile as you can be in that one area. So right. that's yeah. that's the good thing about focusing on one area of the music industry is that you could be as versatile as possible in that one space yeah absolutely uh, and it makes you like super competitive i i know a couple people that went to berkeley and finished uh one of them is gyrus daigle he's a contemporary violinist so he he does like a lot of uh you know like kind of modern renditions and and um covers through his violin of pop songs or jazz charts or whatever and um i believe he was uh, I want to say he was a contemporary music major or like commercial music, maybe. Um, mm, that might be a minor. Yeah, something something along those lines. But, you know, he was classically trained, but wanted to bring like kind of like a modern approach to the violin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he went up to Boston. He's from Louisiana, but he went up to Boston for however long and, and said he loved it. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you put us Southerners in snow, though, uh, mm. we do not know how to act. So, I know. I know. We're, this... pa- we're pathetic. Yeah, I've got it down, but I feel like we haven't gotten enough snow the past four years. Oh, yeah. I, I've i only seen snow like five times in my life. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, haven't yeah. left the south. Yeah, I mean, I was out west for grad school at UNLV in Vegas, mm. but uh, but even then, I mean, that's the desert. So. Yeah, it, that's that's a rarity to get snow. That's like yeah, we did actually though once. Really? So, yeah, I mean, so I pretty much I'm experienced. So you're there, experienced, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm experienced. Yeah. Yeah, and so. you could drive like a couple hours north, hit Utah, and go yeah. snowboarding if you want. Yeah, to. absolutely. Huge snowboarder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic trials, you know. Yeah, no, let's go. Kidding. The uh, so are you recording by the way? I am. Yeah. Dope. So am I. Okay. I hope it sounds good. We have like the air turning on and off in here. It's not too obnoxious, but mm. when I'm just recording on a condenser mic, it might pop through. Okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. I I am not in like a acoustically treated room or anything. I've been all over the place because of uh, COVID and yeah, w- what have you. Um, the yeah, when I when I do these things like the remote ones, especially, I'm like, man, it'd be really nice if I get like a dedicated studio, but I just like everywhere's so expensive now that it's like okay well maybe maybe not right now <laughs> are you yeah. in an apartment no i'm in a, i'm at a at a house in north houston so it's uh i'm just i'm i'm like you know it, it's like big high ceilings with no mm-hmm. treatment it's like all right well i hope this sounds decent so yeah that could be cool for drums if you're recording drums sometimes it's fun yeah. to be in a big boomy room it's great for marimba playing. Um, yes, totally. Because we need that, we need that echo, and um, just rely on the overheads to catch that uh, mm-hmm. kind of like that mallet sound, you know. Yeah. Um, for your videos, where do you, where are you recording at? Just like a bedroom, or? So I, for a while, was recording in this little office space in my basement, and oh, I've been... you guys had basements. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm so surprised. So many people I know don't have like basements aren't a thing it's never even been in one i don't what how i don't know how a drummer could survive without a basement like it just makes so much sense to me if you're a drummer you're going to the basement that's where you're gonna live your life that's why i'm jealous because otherwise you're you're 
converting a whole room in a house like right 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 or like a shed out back which is kind of cool i would have been down for that but yeah so i i was in an office space in my basement for a while and it was relatively small it wasn't very wide it was long enough but it wasn't very wide so i couldn't you know have my giant setup with the china and the splash like otherwise i wouldn't be able to walk anywhere and i just i couldn't really like change things up much and i i received two ludwig kits this year which was crazy and yeah the uh the oak yeah the classic oak, oak classic, classic oak, oak and, and, and classic maple? maple yeah and oh, the maple those are pretty kids yeah yeah it's super nice and the maple mm. is like really they're both really big but the cool thing about the oak is it's a 12 inch deep bass drum which oh, is, wow. it sounds awesome. That, so that's perfect. It's very vintage-esque. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's perfect for like uh, a small practice room. Like if I was back at oh, Berkeley, yeah. I would totally put that in the practice room and then mm. I, I'd have so much more space. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it wasn't wide enough for me. So there's this other room in the basement that's much bigger and I never thought to move into it. We had like couches and a TV, but nobody's down here. So yeah. Um, with the way things are going, I'm going to be home for, you know, at least six yeah. more months or a year or whatever yeah. it is. So I was like, let me, you know, make this a project. We took the couches out. Um, I threw my drums in here. It was very roomy, but I put up some paneling, not uh, like in any scientific way, but just right. trying to do something to the room. And it worked a little bit. It sounds all right. So Well, I think the videos sound great. I mean, I, I, I'm Thanks. sure you're using... Um, you know a pretty extensive mic setup like you know how like a lot of people do like the two mic setup for instagram yeah. videos and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh but you seem like you're fully mic'd I, I guess right yeah i don't know how i could res- like not use all the mics i have i don't exactly I, I don't have that kind of restraint to be like oh this is for instagram i'm just gonna use one <laughs> mic yeah no way but yeah i'm i'm working on it i'm slowly building my my gear and my my mic configuration as from the bottom yeah yeah like in the beginning of the year i was using 57s on the toms i was like oh this is crazy and everyone's like i don't Mm. that's not really what you should be doing but do you yeah no it's it's a big like because like you see all these people getting like the se packs and then you're like man are they are is se giving these people the packs because they're good or because they want you know that are they investing because they want the influence of you know the drummers who have the followers you know like uh, what's se se electronics it's this uh relatively i guess newer brand of drum mics that have come out that i've just seen everybody use them like um like S-E. i believe uh gergo borlai uses them e-man uses them mm. um like a bunch of people have been like sent this like pack that i I'm like, well, I, I, they sound good, so I guess they're good. So I was, I was looking into those. Um, you know, obviously, like the Audix pack is the stand, one yeah. of the standards. So it's like, you know, figure it out. Because like with with orchestral percussion, we do a lot of stuff with like overheads and just mm-hmm. like pen mics. Because if you mic'd everything, no, it'd be kind of it'd a be nightmare. messy with all the overtones. It, like gross. So yeah. it's uh. <laughs> so it's you rely uh, on the room really you really do that's why a lot of people just like rent out full stages yeah. for pieces and stuff like that so um 
and it's it's total opposite with you know it was recording drum set you're like i need the room dead but not too dead or like sometimes exactly. i want it dead and i'll add the reverb in it's like you know yeah those leather drunks sound so good though mic'd up yeah i'm very i'm very fortunate it's it's crazy all the different steps you have to take to make your recording sound good and first it's it's literally just what room are you in what space yep. are you in and then it's what drums are you using how are you tuning mm -hmm. them is the room treated at all what mics are you using what preamps are you using what cables are you using and like i just started getting into this it, mm -hmm. last march when i was like okay i gotta go home what am i gonna do with my time yeah. i bought a couple like base level things and then i realized oh my god like i need to up it quick or i'm not yeah. gonna be competitive so yeah it, yeah it's a good way to look at it like a healthy competitive obviously yeah yeah like, yeah no like yeah like i'm looking up to people like ash sewing which is reaching oh, for the what stars yeah. yeah and yeah it's not competitive in any way but like if somebody likes the way i play and then i tell them oh i've got you know these preamps they're like uh that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Like maybe you can come wow. to my studio. Yeah, I had that recently and I'm, that's totally fine. I'm kind of glad he told me that because mm -hmm. I want people to be down with the stems I'm gonna give them, you yeah, know? Yeah, of course. But it takes, Greg, takes a lot of money. Greg Bissonette, I was taking a lesson with him once and we were in his studio in LA uh, at his house mm -hmm. and the dude had like just a high level recording setup in his house like he the stems he sends out are obviously um good because he never has to leave anymore yeah. i mean he used to be one of the prime studio guys but mm -hmm. i think those guys know have enough knowledge uh about recording that they're like oh i can just put this in my house exactly you know? <laughs> that's so the dream. it sounded so good in there it was unbelievable wow yeah like i don't need to be able to mix my drums to any pro standard like just to mm -hmm. the way i like them and what sounds good to my ears but i need to be able to give the best stems possible so that i can do it from home and they're not like exactly. hey can i can you come to my studio or my friends like i would love to have that independence so that's like that's what i'm working on right have now. you been getting a lot of session work recently i have yeah since like since I advertised it in April, people have been down to have me work with them, which is really oh, cool. Um, it's like five to six people a month, which is really nice. And I'm trying to get better and better every time and more oh, yeah. organized. It's been like a really great learning experience. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because the, I mean, I can only imagine that session work is, you know, if, if you're fortunate enough to be in that position is what's keeping people afloat right now, mm -hmm. you know, despite the circumstances and I, uh, you know, that that's one thing that kind of, I guess, like, it get, if you utilize this time correctly, like, you know, you utilize this time to dial in your own sound, and I, I obviously, it seems like you're putting in, like, some serious practice hours, too, which is, uh, you know, one thing to, I guess, look at it positively, you know, over the past however many months it's been, I don't even know at this point, um, and it's like, uh, I, I think maybe, you know, some people maybe actually maybe needed a break too. Like maybe they were going really hard and they were like, you know, need that mental break for a bit. And they mm -hmm. come back and they're like, man, I love this again kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of strange how like how much the drum community's changed too over the past nine yeah. nine ten months. It's you see a lot more people be even more prominent on social media. Mm-hmm. You've seen people get deals like you know like David like Cola, super crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, just kind of blew up, and and so did you. So like it's yeah, it's uh, I I guess like. Did that happen kind of out of nowhere for you? Were you just like posting videos for track your own progress? Like, I'm very curious because I, it seems like I hopped on the the Madden bandwagon whenever it was like just about to skyrocket, you know? Yeah. Well, back in high school, like six years ago at this point, I just enjoyed posting videos and playing to music. That's always been like my main form of practice is playing to music as it is with a lot of people. I lost art. (laughs) Yeah. For me, especially like I'm not super good at sitting down and shedding and working on this and that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm really not. People are always like, what are you working on? And I'm like, I'm trying to work on something. I really am. But I keep every time I sit down, I just want to put on a tune and find my voice within that tune, like a lot of Mm. pop stuff. But yeah, so I've been doing that for a long time. And I used to post videos like I would take videos of my GoPro or my little uh, Zoom Q2N camera mic. Yeah, Yeah. and I I almost got one of those one time. Everybody was like, don't do it. (laughs) It's not double A batteries. Oh, my God. The battery life is nothing. It's yeah, it's like 20 minutes. (laughs) But my MacBook Pro is the same, so what can you? Oh do? yeah, I, I had to upgrade mine because it was it was just time. I know. Like, I think I've left the charger in it for too long, so like yeah. the battery is just fried. But yeah, so I've been doing the video thing for a long time. But I I remember like even in the early stages of college, I wasn't thinking like I'm doing this so that people see me and that I get recognized. Like, I'm not sure what made me start doing it, but it's like, it was good motivation for me to just sit down, record myself playing and post it for fun. I just found it to be very fun. Um, And then one day I was like sitting in, in a class in Berkeley and Vic Firth reposted a video of me playing with my bandmate, Jordan of Space Junk is Forever. And I was freaking out. Mm. And it that video did really, really well. I think it got like, I don't know, 60,000 views. So I was, yeah. I, I was really freaking out. And I gained a lot of followers then. And then I got one more repost from Vic Firth, which hit like 120 or 40,000 views. It was, which one was that? Do you know? Do you yeah. Yeah. I played um, a cover of a Crumb song. If you know okay. that band, the band Crumb. I do not know. I'll check them out though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, songs that I like and that I want to put my own spin on and then I just film it and I didn't have any mics or anything Uh, I just like put my phone up in the practice room and they reposted it and that did really really well and then it just sort of never stopped and I think I just feel like during the pandemic a lot of people have jumped on social media in general because there are so there are so many active users on Instagram and TikTok. I I don't use TikTok, but I don't don't either. I I do watch it. I do. It's pretty funny, (laughs) but I, I don't post anything, although people are telling me to, but it's crazy. Like your average 15, 16 year old easily has a million followers. I can't believe it. And they are millionaires. I, I don't know about 
how the money or the royalties well, work. I I can only assume that uh the especially the ones that are like in junior high who like mm-hmm. have like four million followers and all they do is just like yeah whatever and you're dance. like and and it's like nuts. they're getting flown out to the Super Bowl and all this kind of stuff and it's you're like you got it's, it there's no way yeah I know and once you get those followers you could essentially do anything and people will be on board that's uh, yeah I guess like becoming an influencer or whatever but yeah I just think a lot of people are on social media now and I don't know you just like find this this pocket in the algorithm and it just sort of takes you like some of my friends are amazing drummers or instrumentalists and their videos sound incredible they look incredible and they're posting like hey instagram why why don't i have any views why are my views dropping why do i have like 200 views it's just that the algorithm's kind of weird it has like a mind of its own and people Um, don't really think about that who aren't in like someone in your position who uh, like some people post for themselves, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it would be nice to get noticed, you, mm-hmm. you know, like at least like say, hey, like, Hey, I'm putting the work in, you yeah. know, like, uh, and I'm working on my sound. It's just like, if you, if you walk around Nam, have you been to Nam? I haven't actually. Uh, uh, so if you, when you get a chance to go, when the world's not on fire, yeah. the uh, walking around Nam is like, I'm surrounded by, some incredible people right now but i don't you know i bet there's a there's a person or a few people in here who are incredible drummers who like may not get the same opportunity just based on like what you're saying algorithm Mm -hmm. a lot of tech stuff a lot of like a lot of luck um yeah it is a little bit of luck um i I used to not really believe in luck to be honest with you I, i always thought that um if you put work in it'll manifest itself but i think Mm -hmm. i think there's I think there's a little bit of luck in some stuff, you know, yeah. especially in this very tight knit and niche community where everybody knows each other, you know, yeah. and it, it crosses, crosses all kind of, uh, it, it crosses kind of like the sub genres, like March of percussion, orchestral stuff, you know, contemporary percussion, drum set. They all kind of like just ever so slightly overlap. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you know, it, if you look at a company like Vic Firth and, you know, Zildjian or, or like these kind of like monstrous companies who are actually like kind of in minor who are putting in like a lot of time and effort and money into their media production, that helps too. Like, yeah, I saw you did a couple of those minor videos, but they've yeah. been doing those, you know, For probably the past four time. or five years and they're great yeah. and they draw people into their product, but also the, the player too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I... I had always had my eye on those minor videos. I remember oh, yeah. being in high school and like sitting in these rooms with a computer and I would just obsess over the minor videos. Me too. Yeah. They're so well done and such a great look at the player. And I like that they bring like not even the biggest players to do these yes. high production videos. It's really, really cool. I was stoked I got to do it. Yeah, that was that was really well done. Um on all fronts and like, especially, you know, especially like when you, when you put out something that is high quality, I I really feel like anybody can draw to it. Like not like non drummers. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the toughest part with what we do is drawing in people that, uh, 
like just watch it to enjoy it as opposed to like watching it to get something out of it or on you know critique it or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like or like i want to hear how this symbol sounds in context so i'm gonna watch this video so yeah yeah otherwise you know if you put something high quality out uh, overall like like i bet the i bet the coolest thing about probably your following is that you probably have some people who don't play drums at all they just like watching you know which is you know it's just really cool i think Uh, yeah it is one of one of the reasons kind of why we do this right the whole Mm -hmm. music thing is for the listener right definitely but yeah yeah, there are some people who exist on the internet to just troll as well (laughs) i don't know if they're drummers i don't know if they're musicians but it's crazy i'm starting to notice like you get trolls i mean i don't know if trolls is the right word but on my page obviously everybody's there for a reason they're not there to like come across my video and be like oh your hand technique is uneven this sucks like everyone's super super supportive and i really appreciate that i don't let it go to my head either because i know my place but Mm -hmm. i just appreciate it it's nice but then like now ludwig is posting videos of me and minel and it's reaching a wider audience on like facebook and youtube and people have people have some shit to say yeah man it's construct it's 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 a little bit hurtful, but I don't take much of it seriously. I mm. take some stuff seriously, though. I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even really like that video, so I shouldn't have posted it because other people see it, too, you know? Yeah, have you... I mean, how often do you have that feeling of, like, man, I kind of want to delete this? <laughs> like, Not that often. Usually, yeah. I'm like, somebody will get something out of this, even if mm. I think it's not the best. But usually, if I don't... If it's not my favorite video and I post it anyways, I often go back and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a reason I didn't like that, right, you know? Yeah. So I'm just – I'm trying to play to my standards and produce to my standards and not really let much slip because people do notice, you know? And yeah, it's not like yeah. you have to listen to them always, but right. some of it's constructive. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – I think if you went into it, like, knowing, like, what they're saying – to me, I'm, I'm all about like, well, what do you know? Kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, like you're surrounded at Berkeley. You're surrounded by great players, great teachers. Um, yeah. uh, one, I think one of your teachers is James Murphy, right? Yes. Uh, that dude's insane. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw, you know, you, you see a lot of these people who are commenting, like you go to their page and like, they're not very good. <laughs> and you're like, I know. you're like, well, what do you know kind of thing? I know, you know and I, I only take comments seriously if they make sense, you know? Yeah, of course. Like, if somebody doesn't like the track that I posted, that means nothing to me because I love it. Even yeah, why does it matter? Some, someone said, like, I am not a fan of this track, but mm-hmm. it seems like she's really into it, and if that's if that makes her you know, play the way she does, then go for it. And I'm like, that's exactly it. I'm not going to please everybody uh with the the things i'm playing i just don't see the point of posting that even though like i know don't like this track people just like to say shit it's crazy they're bored i know Uh, they're mad they're mad people were really mad about the tears for fears metric modulation challenge that was one that was probably the best one i've seen i've seen some terrible ones too like that's crazy i couldn't believe the response because i'm like out here like it's a challenge yeah (laughs) like spanky did the best and people are like yours and i was like i don't know dude it it was cool 
I, I think people, there's a few people in the drum community who everybody agrees they're really good. And like, there rarely is discourse on a few people, which is like Steve Gadd, Vinny mm-hmm. Caliuta, Dave Weckl, who are still living, thankfully. Yeah. And then you have all the legends who aren't with us anymore, like Tony Williams and mm-hmm. Elvin and all these people. Uh, you have some new people that are that are that are coming along who are who who everybody agrees. Like nobody is like, Ugh, you know, like, like yeah, Marcus no. Gilmore or mm-hmm. y- you know people like that. And but then for some reason, everybody else, it's like it's like the Wild West. I, I don't yeah. I don't quite understand it. Like I know often you'll realize that the people who give you the best advice are the ones who don't sit on Instagram and just comment critique all day. Right. It's the ones who spend their time like giving you thoughtful criticism. uh, Mm -hmm. First of all, on the phone or in person and being like, you should work on this. I'm not going to write a dissertation for you on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Or a a full jury analysis, you know? I know. So it's um, that at least in my playing career, that's always, those people have always been, the best for me now then again i don't have you know 40 45,000 views on my videos and i really do post videos of my playing because i'm insecure but there's that and then so there also is you know a whole factor of like you're pulling from all over the country with mine you're pulling all over from the you know europe yeah. as well so it's you know obviously you have a different ball game but all i'm saying is like i think the people who have the best opinions don't sit there and just comment just on comment Instagram all day. all day yeah it's true all day <laughs> it's insane it's definitely true it's just like opened my eyes to how many people are readily going to say something about your mm. playing constructive or hurtful or just mm. stupid you know but like none of it really gets to me even even some of the nicest comments like I I really appreciate that uh but I don't let it get to me like right you just gotta keep your head down keep your head down just go trust the process kind of thing yeah because some people are are a little nutty about it you know yeah strange fandom is strange i'm sure you're starting to figure that out i am like my bandmate jordan he posts his own stuff all the time and even if i'm not in the video someone will say something about me and i'm like why i'm like i'm sorry man like yeah I, you're I just don't playing know. drums. That's all you're, you know. You're I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just playing to your stuff, and I want people to recognize that as well. Of course they do, but sometimes I just will find something. I'm like, it's, it's just interesting. The things. Yeah, people I. Say. That's the one thing I find interesting about being at those conventions, like Nam and Pasic and stuff like that. Like, mm. I, I have this strange, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm not gonna go up and ask for a picture with Vinny Caliuta or Dave Winkle or anything like, because I just, I want to be, I want to be associated with them one day. I'm not, yeah. if they like, let's say something happens to me and I get up to that, um, to whether it be whatever route it is, industry, you know, media, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, Oh, I remember you, you came up to me like a little freak and took a picture a with me freak. at the Pisces booth. And I'm like, uh, don't know what you're talking about. You know, I would just yeah. line my face off, but I'm just not gonna do that. I, I I think I did when I was younger, and I'm, but now it's like, if I'm trying to manifest my this success for myself, um, mm-hmm. I don't think. For one thing, what do they? Why do they care? You know, I'm. You right. know, what I'm saying it's. It, it's it feels very touristy. 
you know it does yeah and and i'm you know i have my own business to get done now at this mm-hmm. point like when i signed with innovative percussion for a stick and mallet thing i was like well this just feels weird because i never a i never thought i would get to this point all i'm doing is just sitting here and just playing right doing right what i want to do and um educating to a, a level where you know i i believe i wanted to be as well you know and mm-hmm. so it's I don't know. It's just very strange. I, I, but I can only imagine that. Like, I, I bet if you go to like this next, whenever the next in-person NAM is or whatever, um, I think you're gonna. I, I think your reality is gonna maybe shift a little bit. Do you think? That's so? crazy. I don't. I, I haven't even thought of that. I've like been hesitant to go to NAM. Obviously, it's the other side of the country, so it's. it's oh a, yeah, it's way. It's a big move, but it's worth it. But I've always just been nervous. I'm like. How am I going to go up to all these players? Like, I'm nervous to talk yeah, exactly. to all these yeah. players. Uh, obviously, next time, I really want to go because I want to, like, you know, talk to the the people who have given me endorsements and, you mm. know, meet them and, and just see what it's about, see yeah. see all the different gear. It seems like such a good time. I'm so glad yeah. it is it's a good time this year. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things of, like, kind of – it's just a giant hang and like everybody kind of knows everybody kind of thing. And, um, getting yeah. to know some people were, it was really fun there. It's, it's, I wish it was es- happening, but it's at, not. especially after this year, like yeah. so many people have connected online and to yeah. then have it all be in person. Like I've built quite a few relationships with people online only, oh, yeah. and it already feels like I know them, but it's totally different when you meet in person. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like that's going to be a shock after this whole year. Or it's going to yeah. be two years, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I went to PASIC last year before everything happened. It was in November, and it was, you know, it was relatively small. There's a large, um, there's a large, like, I guess, community of, it's, it's like a mix, right? You know, you have mm-hmm. your drum set artists and your orchestral artists or classical artists or whatever, and marching stuff and um i like it all so i'm like talking to everybody and yeah um the uh i i felt you know it feels like at home if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like you know just it's just a giant hang is like the way i like to look at it but also you know meeting those people and just like being cool and not like a nerd and Mm -hmm. a nerd fan and and you know maybe you know you can ask those people for help you know eventually like right um i'm sure you've met some great people it doesn't feel like a master class, you know. It's very exactly. hard yeah. to connect with the player when it's a master class scenario. But at Nam, they're just walking around. Yeah, you yeah, know, you're... it'll feel like Warp Tour or something. Oh when my your god! I've favorite artist jumps stories. on stage. Yeah, yeah. Warp Tour, man, what a what a time for high school I know. me. Jeez. I didn't meet many people at Warp Tour, but Caleb from uh, Beartooth. <laughs> yeah. I remember he was like just walking around this big dude, and I almost knocked into him. I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" Yeah, I think I saw you post one time. You're five one. Yes, you're a tiny. You're tiny. Yeah. I'm really tiny. People think I'm not that small. I guess behind the drums, it's starting to look that way. The new angle I have, people are yep. like, oh my God, you look so small. But <laughs> when I used to use my fisheye lens, people thought I was like 5'8 or something. Like. Yeah, 6'5. Yeah, Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm yeah. super small. Yeah, my sister's 5'1, so I have a reference. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, a shorty's walking around. Yeah, you're, it's, uh, I'm not that tall either. I'm 5'7, so mm. it's, 
taller um, than everybody in my family. So really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My I, nobody's over six foot uh, in mine except for my brother who's six three. So wow, it's like yeah, and then it's, you know, down. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope for my brother that he will reach five seven. We can only hope. Hey man, I'm I'm rooting for him. It's not a bad yes. height, you know. It's right around no. that cusp of of average. So it's like we're we're really we're holding on for him. We'll you got, see. He's twelve, so okay, he'll get there. The are you, cl- class 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 yeah, yeah like class with a K. Is that what what origin is that? Is that like I've seen it. It's a I guess it's a German last name, but we're not German. Like yeah. yeah, like I don't know. It's like a mix of we're a mix of everything, like Polish, Scottish. Yeah, um, yeah. Just good old Long Island, enough. New York. That's what you and, are, and a bunch of Long Island, New York. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I've never been to New York. I need to go. Oh, really? Yeah. You haven't been to the city or anything? Never been to the city. Nope. Yeah, now's not the time. No, hopefully. I've heard it's a war zone. So. Yeah, yeah. It was it was weird for a while. I wasn't going to the city at all during the summer months because of all like the protests and whatnot. Yeah. It was it was really crazy. I would have loved to have participated or like partaken in it. And I think I would have if I if I was living on my own, but we're taking this pretty seriously and I think my mom would have been a little uh concerned. Yeah. If exactly. I was going into the city and being a part of everything. Yeah. The so. how far is Long Island from the city. I don't know it, how it's laid out. So Yeah, it depends where you live. I'm like in the middle of Long Island, so it takes me about an hour to get into the city on yeah. a good day. Um, if you live like, I guess, more east, eastern Long Island, then, mm-hmm. oh no, western Long Island, then then it could be anywhere from like 30 to 40 minutes. The traffic. My One of my favorite comedians, Tim Dillon, is from Long Island. Mm-hmm. And he often talks about it like it, he loves Long Island, but he talks like New York is like the most stressful city to be to get into and get out of. It just seems that way. It is. Um, but I've also driven in Boston, which is really stressful as well. Is it really? Yeah. The roads are a disaster. The traffic's a disaster. There's so many like roundabouts and people just drive like shit there. It's Dude. just. And if you mess up it's just see if you mess up in new york it's gonna take you a while to get back yeah and it's so easy to mess up in boston too especially as you go into the tunnel like i've made the mistake so many times of going all the way to the airport like through the tunnel and then your gps stops working because you're underground it stresses me out and the Uh. traffic like the area of traffic is like from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's kind of the same in New York. It's horrible. It's similar to Houston, actually, but there's just so many people here. There's like 4 million people here. Really? Yeah, and then uh, maybe more than that. The... But Vegas was awesome. Vegas is like a Mm. relatively new city compared to everywhere else, and it was on a grid system, Mm -hmm. and it was like the most efficient city i've ever been in. It was incredible. Yeah. That's the thing about New York. It's a grid as well. Obviously, getting in and out is expensive and annoying but yeah it's using not, the bridges and stuff for yeah you just have to know what you're doing like if you go on the midtown tunnel you have to know what lane to be in before going in otherwise you're going <laughs> to end up in the wrong place which is stupid you wouldn't know that if you just showed up having never been there but boston does not run on a grid system and it's just, oh yeah i bet not 
Yeah, it's it's a bit of a nightmare. Never been in the Northeast. I gotta I gotta get out a little bit. I guess when the world yeah. is not crumbling around me. But you know, this yeah, that's a I, that's a far hike for you. It's not like you could just hop no, in your yeah. car for fun. It, it's I mean, we're I'm so I'm deep south. Like yeah, Houston on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, and so so like going to Vegas was a 24 hour drive. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I'm never doing that again. And then yeah. pandemic happened. And then, you know, I had to drive back and kind of wait out the storm. But 24 hour drive was obviously broken up into two days. But I think it's about a three day drive from here to New York. So, um, yeah. Like yeah. without stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Without stopping. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll, I'll hop on a plane. So, <laughs> I'm yeah. Not just... Doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. How did, yeah. growing up in Long Island, I was like, how did, how did, did you get started in drumming i i I, you've probably told the story a million times by now but like i'm i'm very curious because um i have a marching background Mm -hmm. um i I took marching percussion very seriously to a point well because texas does in general but we also can play it into january whereas weather is a factor for right for you so did how did it start for you marching or just drum set lessons or yeah, I have told this story a few times, and it's equally as embarrassing every single time. Uh, okay. But you might know of this show because you're in my age group, mm. uh, the Naked Brothers Band. Of have course, you ever yeah. Heard of that? Well, yeah. Nickelodeon, so, right? Nickelodeon, the good, oh, man. the good times. So wasn't a yeah. fan of that show to be honest with you, but oh you know, no, if we can talk I about was... our Nickelodeon critiques later, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I was so into it. I was six years old when I discovered it. Um, and Nat, I just want Nat Wolf, right? Yeah, Nat and Alex Wolf, and I just you he know. He was in a show recently. I watched. He was in a show. I've seen him in a couple movies. Um, same with Alex Wolf. He's they're both incredible actors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just super into it. I wanted to be in a band. Uh, Alex at the time was just about my age, probably like a year or two older. So obviously, I gravitated towards him. Like he was a six-year-old playing drums i thought that was the craziest thing so i was like i need a drum set like i need to do this can i have a kit please so my parents got me a kit and that was it how old Um, were you i was seven when i got my first kit i was six when i got mine the yeah i I came in from baseball practice one day they're like happy birthday it was my sixth birthday had you asked for it no oh wow and that's what started everything my dad my dad plays guitar and sings but Mm. Uh, one day he was like, I think he saw a used Tama Rockstar Cherry Red uh-huh. uh, at what we, I, I don't know if it's still around anymore, Houston Percussion Center. It used to be by the old Promark factory. And um, I think he saw it on sale for like 300 bucks and he was like, I'll That's get good. it for him, whatever. No, I'll just get it. <laughs> yeah. And you, did you like it? Like, were you into Loved it? Loved it. Oh, so for nice. two weeks, I worked on um, Back in Black but ACDC nice. which I starting to notice a lot of people started with that song too but because uh, it's boofs, cats boofs, cats and yeah, it took me forever huge rock beat yeah exactly it took me forever I learned it all by ear um, and that's the way that's the perfect way to start out learning by ear yeah it was I was very thankful for that I didn't actually have a real drum lesson until I was in ninth grade oh wow yeah so it was all by ear for a long time. Yeah, if you're willing to put in the time and effort to figure shit out by ear, that yeah. is that is the way to like Help me mold out a lot. your playing. 
Yeah. yeah. I did other Definitely. things as a kid, too. I played a lot of sports as a kid, which mm-hmm. um, was it was a lot of fun. I still love sports to this day. Like, I'm a huge, like, pro sports fan and everything. But yeah. the uh, uh, for some reason, like, I was, like, at a crossroads. Like, in high school, it was, like, either play baseball or go play drums. Mm. And for whatever reason, I chose drums. It was... It was fr- mostly awesome. because, like, being on the drum line was very, like, appealing to me. Um, yeah. And they took it very yeah, seriously. Yeah, they, they take it pretty seriously in Texas, too, right? Very much it's so. definitely a thing. Yeah. yeah. It, and Not my so hands, much here. My, that's what I figured, like, I've and also what I've heard, because, like, as far as drum corps goes, there's Boston Crusaders, but they don't even rehearse in Boston. They rehearse in Florida because <laughs> of the weather. So yeah, it's there like, you go. You know. Anyway, yeah, sorry no. I interrupted you. Oh no, that's fine. the The window for marching, like you said earlier, is very limited. Nobody really wants to do it in the summer. Uh, I did do it in high school, it but it only lasted from like September to mid November. Yeah, and it was just like the thing the band does, and the music was really cool, and we learned like a lot of awesome formations. But like, it's not like they were super focused on drumline. Mm. Luckily, like. Me and the people I was in percussion with, we were all super into drums, so so yeah. we were able to just pick it up and and do it and practice on our own. But yeah, um, but having people like that to push you is very important. I p- talked about it on my last episode, but my percussion studio in my undergrad, we were so like, we were just huge nerds. Like we were mm-hmm. hu- like we just pushed each other, not in a bad way, but like I'm like, dude, have you seen this? Have you seen this video? Have you done yeah. this? Like, yeah, so. Yeah, a lot of us, or a few of us, are we we had already done drums as like an extracurricular. Yeah. Whereas, lo- like sometimes kids in band, they just do drums in band, and that's it. Yeah, but exactly. We had yeah. like that was kind of our life. So yeah. I was lucky to be with those people in band and in marching band. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, for me, I like to ask that question because sometimes the worlds are completely separate, but you know, often like people are like, yeah, I did in high school or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize how much of a strange world I was in, uh, as far as that goes with marching as far as like the South goes and the West, like yeah. California and, and so, SoCal especially takes it very seriously. Um, yeah. But you know, a lot of my hand hands training came from that. Uh, mm-hmm. a lo- I'm a lot so of- jealous. I honestly wish I had that. I had it in a different way. Uh-huh. Um, cause in New York, what they do take seriously is something called NISMA. Um, like if you want to do music, if you want to be in your school's wind ensemble, you need to partake in something called NISMA. Couldn't even tell you what it stands for, but it's just interesting. Is that a, with a Z or an I or an S? It's N Y S M M A. I think, um, it's like New York state, something, something, New York something. state school music association. Yeah. It's pretty much like in college when you have to do your juries yeah you have to learn a piece you have to do sight reading uh and you have to know your rudiments so that has always been drilled in my head since i was nine years old that's i have to do that every year see we don't that's strange a, a lot of places don't have that yeah they don't like nobody's required to do it yeah new Texas york place. is New York is required if you want to advance and if you want to be um, like in the all county bands where they yeah. bring all the best from each county and then the all state and they have it for jazz, they have it for wind ensemble. It's that is the thing that New York takes pretty seriously. 
So like the kind of like fundamental side of it. Exactly. Like, so you were like learning rudiments from. Yeah. Age what, like nine. Age nine I had, on. Yeah. I had to learn them all. Yeah. So see me too, but like in a context of like using it for, for marching. the for marching. Right. Yeah, That's so cool. And that's such a different way of playing. It's and, crazy. Uh, it's um, yeah, it is. I mean, like, but if you take somebody who like did drum corps and marching band in college and high school and mm-hmm. you put them on a drum set, often they're like, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that funny? There's a, there's a few guys that I've seen on Instagram. I think one guy is Keelan Toby or something like that. He can play everything and yeah. he's a great drum set player. But if you throw, you know, some guys that I know on a drum set, like they'll admit it. They're like, I, it takes us. It takes a while for people to apply the same rudimental concepts around the, the feeling kit. is the feel so is different. Yeah. I feel like a like a marching snare feels like playing on the this desk. No, no, you're you know? right. We consider it tabletop tight. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 really different. But it's if you so- go if you go to like some people prefer a low tuning or well, it depends mm-hmm. on the musical setting, right? So like my uh, you know if you put drums that have like a lower tuning, obviously you're going to feel looser and like the mm-hmm. snare is going to feel looser and you're like way looser. Right. So, and the people are like, where's the rebound and that I'm yeah. used to. Right. And so if, like, for instance, I mean, we, I have to use a bigger stick on pretty much everything because of how much I was used to these fat marching yes. sticks. Right. And yes. then you, I see you use the, uh, the Jojo mares, which yeah, if you put that in my, small. if you put that in my hand, I'm like, You'll just break it. What am I going to do? Well, break it I, won't one bre- shot. I won't break it. I won't break it because I learned how to play correctly in college. But right. I maybe if I was in high school, yes. But mm-hmm. um, uh, the <laughs> we had a joke actually that we were like, man, if you bleed while you play drum set, you're doing something wrong. Uh, it's, it's a little true, but I've yeah. been there. Like last night, I was doing a lot of recordings, and they were heavy recordings, and I'm getting these these calluses on my hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you're, like, knock it on, like, a rim or something, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah, it hurts. But the, uh, but, yeah, we are, I was so used to using, like, these beefy, like, tree trunks, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, like, everything I was trying, like, I was shifting away from doing the marching thing, like, six or seven years ago, and I was, like, I gotta find something. I gotta get used to this weight because, like, it was so drastically when you different moved to drum set well when i when i just stopped playing marching stuff oh, when you stopped i was always yeah. playing drum set it was just like mm-hmm. using using you know 55 a's up and yeah you know and you're like you can't get any touch sometimes out of obviously people are going to use what works for their hands and everything but like right. at that point my hands had like biceps like each finger was yeah like, you know what i'm saying like i was that's look, that's awesome yeah i look like that spongebob episode like where he has like all three fingers and he's like you know oh, flexing yeah. like that and i was like um uh or no it's his hand and i was like uh i i gotta get used to something like i'm playing orchestral snare drum with the biggest size sticks i could you, find so yeah you gotta you gotta Take it down a notch. You yeah, gotta stop exactly. playing for a minute. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I prefer a heavier stick for sure, but I really like the uh, length of the JoJo Mayers. They fit yeah. my hand really well. So oftentimes I'll turn the stick around just depending yeah, on the that. day. Yeah. yeah, and people are like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And I don't know. I just like the feeling of 
the the weight being in the front of the stick. I like the way that feels because I don't have to drive it into the drum. Like exactly. it just kind of falls forward with my hand. The forward rebound it, thing is is helpful. Like it feels so yeah. nice because you if you play if you play a stick with like a you know a certain bead, but the taper's long and it just it mm-hmm. comes back and the and you're like ah oh, man. And then you flip it around, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, it's... Uh... It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. If I ever got the chance to design a stick, it would be all about the weight being yeah. in the front. But the JoJo's are great because it tapers evenly all the way. So yes, it does yeah. have a lot of it does have a lot of weight in the front. But as the sticks start to chip, you feel it. You feel it losing yeah. that weight. So oftentimes to keep it, to not have to scrap it, I'll just turn it around because it feels just as good. The paint doesn't bother you? What do you mean? Like the paint? The white paint? Yeah. In what way? Like, is it slippery? Yeah, slippery or anything like no. that. No. No, it's not. I've always used sticks with paint. Honestly, I used to use the Dave Weckles when I was starting out. And those have paint on them, right? Yeah. the He has two of them, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like maroon a, and orange. Yeah, they're hideous colors. But I know. <laughs> I think he has the pink ones, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love those. When they came out with the gads that uh, weren't painted a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, nice. I don't know what about it is like I, I it's like I, a lot of the guys that use those sticks are like just sanded the paint off. But um, I don't know, it's never bothered me. Yeah, I we also like like for me, um, I had to fix this, but I used to play very tight, um, like when I was younger. So like working on like hand sweat was. Mm. at this point i'm good now but it's like it took a long time for me to just be like all right let's not try to control the stick too much there yeah being a little clingy so and you are sweating a lot and the stick was yeah sliding. yeah exactly but that comes yeah. from like sweat was part of it with the marching thing right right because like you're outside wearing the drum and yeah. you're miserable and you're like why am i doing this but uh but then you go back inside and you're like i shouldn't be sweating this much so. yeah see mostly for me i was freezing and trying to play you know oh, really yeah because we would be out there like in october november and of course it's raining or something yeah. and we still have to perform and i would just have trouble even playing because it was so yeah. cold <laughs> we didn't do it much in the warmer months that would have been yeah nice. the yeah if y'all started like a maybe like a month earlier it yeah. probably would have been nicer nobody because it gets blazing hot here yeah, I would have had to be in like a separate program because people in high school, maybe the drummers would have been into it, but mm. nobody else would want to do that <laughs> over the summer. I would have been into that doing like a summer marching program if it was offered. Yeah, I I should have looked for it more. I'm sure it exists in New York somewhere. Let's take a quick second to pause the episode to talk about how you can support the podcast even further. Thank you for listening for one thing, but another thing is how you can support is a monthly subscription to the podcast. It's just 99 cents a month. It goes directly to me and I can use that money to buy more equipment, video equipment, recording equipment, and it goes directly back into the podcast. So if you could click that support link in the description below, I would greatly appreciate it. Back to the episode. And I last night was doing a recording. I, I, I've been procrastinating so bad and Have I finally, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. The holidays, come on. I mean, yeah, I finished school like two, three weeks ago and I was super down to like finally get to what I 
want and need to be doing to make money and you know improve myself and I now have the time to do that but I've just been having a hard time getting my schedule together I'm like sleeping late but yesterday I finally I do a bit of recording every day but I finally got to a bunch of projects that people have been asking for and I did like an hour and a half of work and then I listened to one of the mixes I was like wow this sounds really bad I really need to I really need to work on my mixes like I don't hear any high end that's so weird and then I realized I hadn't turned on phantom power on my uh. my octopree and it didn't record any of my overheads or bottom snare or hi-hat I was like no you said octopree yeah I have my uh pre-sonus paired with an octopree oh. who makes that that is uh focus right I'm hoping to get an Apollo soon though I really want to uh, do the big my upgrade. friend, yeah, my friend Alex Stopa, he has, he's a composer and really great player. He plays for like Cirque um, in Vegas. Mm, and wow. he has two of those Apollos. And yeah, eight channels? Yes, eight oh, channels. Geez. Yeah. He's, uh, so I'm using this duet by them, by Apogee. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible it's nice. only two channels i do it for the podcast yeah. but like it makes me want to buy all their products like yeah i'm like take my money take, take my take money my, take my stimmy check yeah you know? oh i know i for a while thought the apollo eight the eight channel apollo was 2700 i was like okay okay i could do this i could do this and i found out it's more like 3300 yes yeah, yeah it's up there oh. You need to you need to trade some work for like sweet with Sweetwater or something like that. I <laughs> know. I yeah. I yeah, that would be crazy. That's the next the, move. I uh, I like, I guess, I got into recording gear because of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to like episode one through probably like seventeen of this podcast, it's just an absolute shit show. Really? Because yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know. Any, I was like, it was like three or four years ago, and I was like doing it because I listened to a lot of Rogan and mm-hmm. was like, I could do this. I could do that. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and I nothing of substance is being said, <laughs> you know. So, um, dude, I mean, same. I did my first podcast last november and i swear to god i couldn't even sleep the night before really i was i was so which one was that that was with the drum brigade and they were super nice but like i was so nervous uh because i hadn't done anything like that before and i just didn't know if i had the knowledge to share the things to say and also it was like on the phone which is just weird to begin with i really i don't like that I know it was hard because, and I, I like set up in a parking lot. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave home. Cause that makes me anxious. I sat in the CVS parking lot. I had the Bluetooth so I could hear them. But because of the delay, it sounds like it was like a nude, a news broadcast or something because I'm so delayed that yeah. they would ask a question Pause. and it would be like <laughs> two seconds, two full seconds before I answer, but it was fine. They, they were really sweet and it gets easier every time. How are you, you know? today? good <laughs> like <laughs> no seriously yeah. like they would interrupt for a second thinking i wasn't there like i was yeah. just somewhere else uh, are you with us no i'm with you and it's just like overlaps <laughs> and it's just a mess yeah you I still get it. with us man yeah yeah it was tough it's uh, uh like nothing of substance was just being said in my early episodes like i was mm-hmm. just some 
like fourth I was thinking it was my fourth year at McNeese, but um I look at it as practice runs. <laughs> yeah. But since then I've had some great guests like yourself and some other um big time like, you know, percussionists and stuff like that. So like I'm very thankful for that. But I needed yeah, those awesome. I needed those uh runs because I or those reps rather because I was you know, you have you don't realize how tough it is to drive a conversation and to not mm-hmm. say uh and um and uh and and it's like uh. <laughs> and you're like uh. and you're like uh see I just did it again and it's you're very mindful of it at that point and you're like how right. and it's the same thing with drumming though you're like now I'm more mm-hmm. you record yourself and you're like that was awful and like then you're mm-hmm. more aware so <laughs> it's like yeah it's hard when you're too aware though i think that can trip yes. you up as well i think you have to realize that nobody cares about the shit that you're thinking about yeah it's know? the same thing with posting videos too right it's like you watch totally. the video eight times and you're like mm-hmm. I, I this ghost note is a 30 second note late so oh, everybody's know. gonna know Everybody's going to know mm. I'm a fraud, I'm a- <laughs> everyone. It's over. They're going to take my minor videos down. They're going to... Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The whole world comes crashing down your mind, and you're like, I need to relax for a second, you know? I know, but usually it comes crashing down before you've actually done the thing. Mm-hmm. It's the anticipation of posting the video or doing yes. the podcast or the performance, like... The anticip- the you, you can't let that kill you because it can. Yeah. You just have to realize like it's fine, that's the future. Don't don't worry about it. It's it's it is what it is. What, just what used to be performance anxiety for me then turned into excitement because of you know, level of confidence and stuff like that changes mm-hmm. as you get better and stuff like that. So Yeah. But then you know, that could hype you hype yourself out at that point too where you're like man mm-hmm. i cannot wait to shred and then you yeah and then you're like that didn't go well <laughs> like, i know. know so it gotta gotta come from a neutral place and, i uh, guess zend out and yes you know but yeah it's interesting because i for one thing i miss playing but at, at mm-hmm. the other the other thing about that is is like you know i don't know what the what the future holds for you. Like how many, like what groups are you playing with right now? You, are you guys like, you know, putting we're, some we're stuff We're doing, together? doing some things. Yeah. My main two projects, Space Junk is Forever, Ravi and the Houseplants. Those are my like bands that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Space Junk recorded a record in October. That's when things were like pretty okay with Corona. Like we were coming off of the summer. Yeah. But they, they were about to get, it was about to hit the fan again, so I'm glad that we did it. While yeah, we spike could. again. Yeah, totally. Like, and in Boston too. We were in Boston, and all of a sudden, Boston was the talk of the town that they were spiking because they had done really well for a long time. Yeah. It was like one of the best places to be. So we made a record in Boston. We did it in two days. It was incredible. Just it was laid so it much down. Fun. Yeah. We just laid it down because since March, like. Jordan, the the guy who plays organ and he writes all the music, he had been sending us demos yeah. of everything. And we would just flesh out our own recordings. He'd be like, cool, sounds great. He would put it together. We mixed it a little bit just to have production ideas. We heard the arrangements. We changed things up. Like It happened very 
quickly and smooth. We are just all on the same page about what the sound That's should great. be. Yeah. Yeah. So pre-production took about, I don't know, I guess March until October. So what is that, like six months? Yeah. Yeah. So we had been working on it consistently for six months. Then we got together and we rehearsed it for like literally one day, <laughs> maybe a day and a half. And we were like, oh, this kind of sounds like shit. Yeah. Oh, God. And then we got into the studio, and that's just a whole different feeling. That's a you different know, you've ball got game. The head, yeah, you've got the headphones. You've got the nice mics. Everything sounds as it should, and we just kind of ripped it. It was super, super fun. There was a lot of great energy in the room. Did y'all live track? Can't... Yep, it's totally live tracked, nice. except for percussion, which I did at home. Oh, Which was very so nice. fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. So that's coming eventually. We're we're getting mixed downs and, and it's sounding really, really good. I'll keep my and eye out for that. Definitely. I'm I'm gonna be stoked about that. And my other group, Robbie and the Houseplants, we got together in November. Again, this was like the last week to really do something like this. Yeah. I remember I got a corona test before going and there was no line. And then I came back to get another one and it was an hour wait. Oof. That's how fast things changed but we got together and for like a week it was really nice we went to upstate new york and we filmed some stuff we did some writing uh got some demos together to hopefully do more with it later in the year and then coming up actually in a couple days i'm flying down to memphis to do some recording with mike doty so that should be awesome very cool yeah yeah so flying during this time is interesting by the way i flew to I i flew to chicago two months ago three months ago mm-hmm. and it was strange but uh yeah dude. i did it once as well and it wasn't bad because it was september and i feel like that was the best time to be or it was beginning of october which i think was the best time to be doing anything yeah like, uh, we were middle of october actually yeah so that yeah. was around the same and then shortly after that chicago like shut everything down shut down so yeah it depends where you are it depends where you're going it depends who your yeah your governor is you know yeah, yeah. so flying to tennessee was not an issue yeah. and the flight wasn't packed or anything i had the road to myself you wear your mask it was totally fine yeah um LaGuardia airport is like stupidly nice now is so. it really i've never well like yeah. i said i've never flown but i i was told to fly there not jfk JFK is cool too, but it's been totally redone. I guess depending on which terminal you go to, it, it looks like it looks like you're in Vegas. I swear to God, they've got like hey. a light show and a waterfall. It's it's a little over the top, but it was kind of nice to just chill there. Have you been to Vegas? A hours. Uh, yes, I actually. That is one of the few places that I spent time in on tour. We were. Did y'all play Brooklyn Bowl. Be... Oh my God! I wish. Oh, I thought. I I'd... wish. Yeah. Um. It's a great venue. We didn't play anything. I'm like, what did we play? We didn't play anything in Vegas. That we were not there for a show. Oh, okay. You um, stopped by. Yeah, so we were headed to, I believe it was, what was the next show? Colorado, mm-hmm. then Utah, then Washington, then Portland. That was the string of gigs that we had coming up. Or, I'm sorry, we were going from Colorado to Utah. And there was a huge snowstorm approaching. And... um we were like debating whether we should try and get to Utah. Like, should we leave now and just see what we can do? And our bus driver was like, no, mm. we shouldn't because we will get stuck. We'll be stuck on the side of the road. It's not a good idea. But they insisted that we try. 
to at least go two hours and see what the deal was. So we ended up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, from Colorado to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And our bus driver was like, I'm not going anymore right now. I'm just not, we're about to go on this this highway that has no rest stops. Yeah. Like it's going to be three hours before the next rest stop. And I'm nervous to do that during the night. Of course. So why don't, why don't we stop here and see what it's like in the morning? And I remember waking up, it was like eight in the morning and I feel the bus just kind of like sliding no around. No way. Yeah. I was like, what's going on right now? So I, I get up and I, I go to the front of the bus and it's like a winter wonderland and we're on the highway and I'm like, oh, this is a little scary. So he he starts driving and then we notice that the highway is closed from all directions. You cannot leave Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's just so iced like, over. They just shut down the highways. Yeah. They literally had a little barricade. So we were like, okay, I guess we're going to be at the Love's truck stop for <laughs> at least a day. Yeah. So it's like... 12 p.m. now and we all go into Wendy's and we're like trying to figure out what we're gonna do and then Wendy's is like we're shutting down in five minutes so we all run and we're getting our chicken nuggets and crap and gotta get the nuggies gotta get the nuggies in so (laughs) we were just chilling in Cheyenne Wyoming for like two days and we couldn't make our shows we had to cancel four shows so our bus driver was like I want to give you guys a little treat why don't we go the other direction head down to Albuquerque and yeah. then hit Vegas. And we stayed for a day. Like we stayed in a hotel and everything. It was cool. That's sweet. Yeah. I, yeah. I love for, for one thing, uh, I've never been to Wyoming either, but I can only imagine it's just like Cheyenne and then nothing. So the, yeah. the, uh, there's a, I guess like a strange stigma behind Vegas of like, you know, it's just the strip and nothing else. But, um, mm-hmm. It really is just a great city. Other, other, you know, yeah. the touristy stop obviously is, you know, the the strip and it's world no, worldwide known and stuff like that. But you know, if you live there, you're barely spending any time there. You know, in the city, right? Yeah, you're yeah. you're in the suburbs or you're in you know, you're in Henderson, which is the southern point of of the valley. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's you're rarely like. You're like, man, it's Tuesday at 1 p.m. I guess I should go to the strip. You know, it's like, or even. That's not. Yeah, not even like, or even Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're like, I would love to not be there right now. (laughs) So Do that. Was your school close? Was your school close to it? Yeah, it was like four or five minutes from from the strip. a. It was on a, so UNLV takes up um, a couple blocks between a street called Maryland Parkway and Paradise um, which Paradise is the... Sh- Paradise is a city, right? Uh, Outside of Vegas? Is that what it's called? Uh, Paradise? Or am I making that up? Well, Paris is a casino. Oh, no, I said Paradise. I thought you said Paradise. Oh, no, Paradise is a city, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I thought you said Paris. I was like... Oh, no. It takes up between that and, and Paradise, and um, it... I guess... Uh, well, Paradise is also a street that goes behind the... Las Vegas Boulevard. So mm-hmm. literally one street separates you from campus to the strip. Wow. Um, with a little bit of walking. Pretty mm-hmm. but a lot of walking. A lot of Vegas. walking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh a lot of walking in New York, I've what I've heard, but you know Totally. I am like I live the most sedentary lifestyle <laughs> and I went into the city the other day 
And I checked my health app and it said I hit 10,000 steps. I was like, oh my God. Yes. And I look at the days before and it's like 900 all across the board. And it's just me going upstairs and going downstairs. Down, like it's uh, nothing. Yeah. I, so I, I have to get a workout in during the week. Yeah. Because uh, I sit all the time. Yeah. I, but, do you wear an Apple Watch? No. Okay. Yeah. So I figured I, I know like everybody in my life except for me wears one. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I got whatever how many steps today i'm like i have no idea so yeah i couldn't uh, tell you the uh but yeah so i mean it was right there I and mean, we we played quite a few like corporate gigs and stuff like that um mm-hmm. because oh yeah that's the scene yeah yeah definitely conventions and foundation stuff and you know i've met some interesting people like i met dan marino the old miami dolphins quarterback and i met like oh wow i met like uh, i played at dana white's 50th birthday party and mm-hmm. it was, we were the act in between Don Henley of the Eagles. And wow. we were the act that led everybody over to the other room where Gwen Stefani was about to play a set. So that's so crazy. We were like this fake drum line. And then we started playing the opening beat of Hollaback Girl at the end of our act. And then <laughs> we played into the start of Hollaback Girl. And we rehearsed with Gwen and everything like that. It was crazy. Oh, that's dope. But that's the corporate that's kind of stuff. That's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had been 21 when I went. Oh, yeah. You're not. just now 21, huh? Yeah. 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 So they were like sneaking me drinks, but it wasn't the same, you know? Exclude. Oh, 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 a rudimental podcast exclusive. Madden class is a criminal. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's all good. No, it was very, very limited because I get freaked out by those things. Like most would be willing to just go for it, but yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get caught. No, they I'm paranoid. Care. No, they don't, they care, don't care. Most of the time, yeah. they don't card anybody. Like you'll see, like toddlers. I know that's running around. Yes, <laughs> with the uh, the big straw drink, the big <laughs> the, funnel drink, the one they give you a necklace for. Yeah, I know. Can I just get the slushy for yeah, my kid? Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll take a virgin uh, daiquiri, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was an interesting city. Weirdest city I've ever been a part of. Straight up. I know it must be interesting to spend a significant amount of time there. Yeah. Living there is a whole different story. Like, yeah. it's like when people come to visit, you're like pretty much a tour guide. You're like, I know. I like knew all the ins and outs of casinos. I like, you know, mostly from playing and mostly from just like taking people there, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you're walking around. Like, maybe it's the same for you with the city, but like, uh, at, the, at one point I was like, I don't even. Like it was like on autopilot. I'm like, we're gonna park here, then walk here, then walk here, then walk here, and then come back. And that's then... great. Yeah, I'm har I'm horrible with that stuff. Like, I'm super bad at directions. I'm bad at getting <laughs> out of my little area, like yeah. my pod. If somebody came to Boston, I'd be like, I've never been to the museum. I don't know. You want to go? I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, sure. The, why not? The Boston Commons. I don't know. The North End. Uh, let's figure it out together. Yeah. Same thing with the city. I do not know how to use like the subways i'm working on it right now i just yeah. don't go there that often and when i walk around like i'm just not taking notice of where yeah. i am exactly i'm getting better at it but yeah like following i would need to have my phone out and have a gps otherwise i will get lost yeah get shit on for that i <laughs> uh uh i've i've always been good with directions um not very good with uh time allotment so like i kind of underestimate how long something's going to take so yeah there's always same. that there's that kind of um i guess uh <laughs> there's that downside but 
do you like Boston? I've never been, obviously I've said that four times, but I've never been so, but I've always wanted to go to visit, you know, factories and, you know, kind of check mm-hmm. it out, go to a Sox game, but, um, how, yeah. do you like it? I do like it. It's very cute and <laughs> it's very, it's very homey and, yeah. and you find your places that you love. I didn't go downtown too often. Um, I stayed in like my little Berkeley area, which is almost on the outskirts of the city. Mm-hmm. And I lived on the outskirts of the city, but I did really like it. Uh, it's really, it takes a long time to get around if you don't have a car. Mm. Like if you want to hop over to Cambridge from where I lived, which is Alston, it will take you over an hour, but it takes Jeez. 10 minutes by car. It's oh, okay. crazy. That's it's just interesting. not efficient at all. Yeah. The way the subways run, um, which is called the T in Boston, but I did like it. I feel like where Berkeley is placed, it's not the most uh, decadent area. It's yeah. not super nice, but as soon as you turn the corner, it's it's beautiful. You know, yeah. it's just where Berkeley happens to be placed. All that's in front of you is a Wendy's and a <laughs> uh, a guitar center. That's all you're looking at every single day. You have and a consistency of Wendy's. Uh, have I mentioned Wendy's? Yeah. I guess I have. It's not even my favorite. But there <laughs> is a Wendy's directly across yeah. from Berkeley. So I had to go there a lot. Four for four. Like, yeah. yeah, why not? Four for four. Yeah. It's why, why, why would you not? <laughs> Why would you not? Exactly. Yeah. With a $5 biggie bag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I liked Boston. It's it's very pretty. It's nice in the fall, in the spring. In the winter, it's a little rough. It gets really, really cold and icy. Uh, but I, I just spent a lot of it inside the practice room of course, yeah. while I was there. That's why you're there. Exactly. How's the gigging scene? Obviously, I'm sure it's better because Honestly, of the... besides the basement scene... It's a little rough. There are not a lot of venues for, you know, like local bands to play. There are only a couple and they're slowly fading because of Corona, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Great Scott. That's my favorite. It's around the corner from where I live. I love that place. That place made it out. They were very close to closing and they didn't and they're moving locations. That's exciting. But this place called Once Ballroom, they have a ballroom and then they have an upstairs room. I've played it like four or five times and they're shutting down which is really horrible yeah it's a great it's a great alternative venue for big bands and small bands and like local bands to open for big bands so there aren't too many options unless you're a touring group yeah but the basement scene is like really where it's at it's it's incredible i'd never experienced that i've never seen it like it is in boston i'm sure it exists other places but it's very very unique and special in boston all of the like different colleges coming together emerson boston college berkeley and playing these incredible bills and having these parties like it's really fun like in brooklyn it's a different generation so it's just not the same yeah it's not the same vibe. In Boston, it's really, really amazing, and people are so supportive yeah. of the acts on stage. Um, That's great. Yeah. But like, you don't get that everywhere. You, you know? don't. You don't. For my band, Space Junk is Forever, we couldn't do one basement gig because of our setup. We have an organ, a Leslie, a Rhodes, and you have to go downstairs. Oh, yeah. There's no way. In this, like, like a stair would break 
if you brought if multiple people were holding the organ someone would probably break through yeah. uh one of the wooden steps and i told my i told my bandmate this i was like i don't think we can do a house show and he's like no james my other bandmate he lived at a house venue he's like yeah he sent me pictures it's fine like we'll be fine we can have a bunch of big guys take it down the stairs and we show up and jordan's like oh we can't play it i was like this is what Dude, I told you. This is what I told love, you. And now my You're friends, the voice of reason. <laughs> I, I kind of am. That's... You, yeah. It's, it's a blessing it's, and a curse. Yeah. Ma- maybe more of a curse. People are always pissed at me, but... Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, it's thinking about all avenues. I was the same way with your... Because, like, if you move a $30,000 set of timpani, you better do it carefully. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And he is not like that. Like he'll just yeah. bring the organ down because it's like a piece yeah. of it's like a piece of furniture. He doesn't care if it gets a scratch or whatever. But it's just I'm not like that. Yeah, me neither. Like I haven't had the opportunity to bring my Ludwig drums anywhere yet, except for yeah. studios or an Airbnb, like a very controlled environment. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to be like when I bring my oak to a festival. You're not it's, gonna bring it. You're gonna. You, I guess I don't I'm think not. if you're if you're anything like I am, which it sounds like you are, you're not gonna bring it. Because yeah, it's a wood. You're gonna finish. contact your your rep and you'd be like, I need to borrow something. Like you know. I know, saying? but that's yeah, that's not always an option. At least, yeah. Um, the classic maple, it's not a wood stain. It's no, like it's it a wrap. It's a wrap, yeah. so it's not. It's like get that oyster wrap, right? Yes, exactly. It's the oyster. Yeah. Do you oyster. put that on a rack? uh like in the bass drum or on like an actual rack like actual rack do you use a rack for that okay gotcha that's a lot to mess around with i've yeah i've never been a fan of that just as of how small i am like the dimensions usually don't work for me to use Mm -hmm. a rack but it looks so pro and it looks so easy to set up that way i actually don't like it how it looks for some reason i don't know i always think of like big like hair metal drum sets i know (laughs) i i agree with you but as i'm discovering all of these pop artists where you don't even see them drumming in the back you can't even see them like who their band is but they've always got the rack so they can fit all of the little uh symbols and splashes yeah the guy who plays for drake Adrian Bent, he's not even on stage. He's backstage. Yeah, he's just mic'd up backstage. He must kind of like that. I'm sure he does. Some people would enjoy that. He's killer, but like, but if you look at like Tony Royster's setup for Charlie Puth or Mm -hmm. you know whatever, he's I think he has a rack, but um, or like uh, Devin Taylor for Justin Bieber. I'm yes, I've been on a Devin Taylor. Me too. Like binge uh he's so crazy i just watched his performance with justin uh on new year's eve and it was like so incredible i need to watch that i haven't seen it yeah it was crazy it's big devin fan yeah it's on it's probably on youtube somewhere but it keeps getting taken down because it was like a very exclusive performance to t-mobile customers it wasn't Uh. like it was on youtube so i've been trying to find it and like record little bits and pieces of it yeah get some um, ideas from it <laughs> yeah yesterday i i posted a story and i was like oh my god this was so incredible i posted a little section of it and then he responded to me and he was like thank you so much and then i see in my instagram dms video chat missed second video chat missed and i was like did you mean to call me he's like yeah i just want to say thank you i was like i would not have been prepared to talk to you yeah you like, are such a legend i i wish i had 
had answered. But when you're not on Instagram, it's very easy to miss a call because yeah, it doesn't yeah, show yeah. up. But yeah, he just seems like the sweetest guy, and he's really, really incredible. Man, I hope you get the chance to video chat with him because it seems yeah. like he's just like a wealth of knowledge. I mean, he has the one of the best gigs in the world. He does. He really does. And with well his deserved band, like, too. Absolutely. Yeah, he said he got that gig in like six months of being in L.A., which is crazy. On um, what? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, people have been there for years. Who that? I like, know. You know. But he the, seems like such a great hang, though. You know. Yeah, you know the right people. It, it works out. His whole band, Justin Bieber's whole band, is incredible. Crazy. I'm like very, very into that scene right now, and I'm trying to discover as many pop artists yeah. as possible who have these crazy bands backing them, like Kehlani. Uh, yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Uh, the it, do, uh, the girl that um, Andy Prado plays for. Uh, oh, I Sabrina don't know. Sabrina Claudio. Sabrina Claudio. Oh, I've actually never heard of her. She's good. She's really good. Um, Andy's actually, we're trying to get a time to get him on here. Yeah, so that'd be great. He, I have so many questions. The people like, want to hear from him. They do. He's yeah. got, I, I just want to know. He's got a very interesting approach that is very similar to some approaches I've seen with classical percussion which mm. is uh yeah it's very a abstract bit, it's a little little bit of a stretch but i think i can shape it i'm very i'm thinking very academically right now but it's like I, yeah it's like you know but the gears are turning mm-hmm. um but i you played this song you played this charlie post song one time on your instagram it was yeah uh, girlfriend i did yeah girlfriend and, yeah. and that I song think it's called boy is the other one jams yeah, I'm also yeah. super, super into Charlie Puth, but I haven't found a ton of his music I really like, except mm-hmm. for that song and Boy. Yeah. And the other stuff I just haven't attached to as much, but oh my God, he's such a crazy musician. Like yeah. all of his Instagram stuff and his little TikTok videos of him just putting together beats and yeah. remixes blow my mind. He's yeah. so, so incredible. Yeah, I'm a huge the- fan. I am just got into pop recently. I was very like same same. Yeah, I was very like against jumping on that bandwagon. I think yeah. I think I was more like, um, I'm sorry. I just saw a kid pop a wheelie on a bike uh, out the window. Sorry. Did that, he did he make it? Did he, he made it? it? It's a mountain bike too. I yes. was thoroughly impressed. Wow. Good job. Good job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That. Sorry. I have the attention span of. No, it's all good. uh, That was strange. Um, What was I saying? Uh, Getting into pop, which I'm totally with you there. I was like so against it. I was like, come on, man. Like snarky puppy. Snarky puppy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I couldn't find anything I was into until recently. Charlie Do you listen very, do you, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like my opening. I haven't listened to any of that yet. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you listen to music very analytically? Because I, sh- I've struggled with that, like being too over analytical. Do you, do you listen to enjoy? Do you listen to? Yeah, purely to enjoy. If I okay, if I'm it jealous. tickles me somewhere, then that's mm. it. It doesn't matter what yeah. genre it is. And yeah, that's I I like I said, I recently got on the pop bandwagon, and it's so cool to know that there's this whole other side of it that is yeah. live arrangements. It's yes. like a bonus it's crazy yeah i like what david cole is doing 
mm-hmm. with that stuff. He's a really good pop player. Um, yes, he is. I can't wait till he gets some massive gig. I know. Me too. I I don't know him. I've met him briefly. He wouldn't remember me at all. But um, good for him, man. And he plays Pearl. I love Pearl drums. You yeah. Can't probably say that, but I love Pearl drums. I yeah. I used to play Pearl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're great. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, I've been following David Cola for a really long time. Me so too. Yeah. To see him just get the endorsement, I'm like, that's amazing. But you should have yeah, had that yeah. a long time ago. I agree. He, yeah, he is a great drummer that wears all the hats. His sounds are good. His videos are good. His lighting is good. His vlogs are good. Like, Berkeley he's doing everything too. right. Yes, yes. And that's yeah. why I looked him because I was interested in Berkeley. And he had these, uh, like, a day in the life. I've seen those, yeah. And they were very informative. So you guys helpful. didn't overlap then? You... No. I think no. he graduated the year that I stepped in. So we okay. just missed each other. But I've messaged with him a couple times. He's also someone who's very willing to share knowledge. And yeah. anything that you have a question about, whether it's gear or what classes you should be taking, like he totally hooked me up with a bunch of teachers I should be looking towards That's at great. Berkeley. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, as far as just from my experience being in a percussion studio being in the in the drum set studio at Berkeley how many of there are y'all is there a lot in a drum set studio um, I, I guess studio is the wrong word I mean like how do y'all all collaborate at some point with like a studio class like every drum set major at Berkeley comes in and well, meets how, up there are probably like I don't know, maybe 300 drummers per class at Berkeley. It's a big... Berkeley what? is not the smallest place. I think it's like 4,000 undergrads at once are at the school. I had no idea. I had no I idea. Could, I could be wrong, but it's definitely over 100. Well, you're probably... You're probably. I mean, it's a reality that I didn't think that... I thought it was really scaled down, but... Um, it's not that. It's no. They invite a lot of people to come to Berkeley because not everybody wants to play drums for a living. You know, they get in playing drums, but they want to be an engineer or they want okay, to be sense. on the business side of things. So yeah, if it was a conservatory, it'd be probably a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are classes which are called labs that are specific to a subject. Like I've taken with James Murphy. I took the Delay Beats lab, which was so fun. That's I all about that the the yeah. Dilla Beats yeah. um and the science and the technique behind that. And for those types of classes, there will be anywhere from like 7 to 10 drummers in the room at once and sometimes mm-hmm. everybody gets a kit, sometimes there's just three kits and everybody switches off. Switches out, yeah. And then there are sheds. Like there's always a lot of sheds happening. I'll be sure. in in the practice room and the the room over, you'll hear the metronome beep, boop, 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 mm-hmm. beep. And everyone's like <laughs> shedding. It's like, exactly. It's crazy. I've only sat in a couple times because they give me a bit of anxiety. <laughs> they're, uh, they're yeah, nuts. the same train. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of notes packed into Jeez. one setting, but it's so much adrenaline when you finally yeah. go and you sit down with these players. There's so many amazing players at berkeley and there's always sheds happening i'm sure yeah that's like the ultimate test of like what your i guess what your practice ends up being which is like yeah practicing something so it eventually becomes just second nature and just happens right yes and And feeding off of others exactly and learn and you know learning from other people and um 
there Houston is such a big city that like it seems like every little kind of like suburb has their own community of drummers that like that occurs in. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas was actually more scaled down, believe it or not. There was only a few circles that everybody kind of knew everybody. Like interesting, the orchestral cats knew the drum set cats. The drum set cats knew right because it's yeah. You guys are the ones making the shows happen, yeah, and there exactly. aren't enough drummers to go around. Exactly. You know, to fill Everybody's all those help. spots. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of spots to be filled and only a few people to do it. It's uh, yeah, strange. But, you know, I've met some incredible people that way. And I can only imagine it's the same for Berkeley because, like, mm-hmm. it, Berkeley is such a reputation now of being um, kind of, you know, producing some great people too, like yeah, Thomas Pridgen and, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Garska. Mm-hmm. all these people and jp like, bouvet yeah oh my god yeah he's insane um yeah so that was a cool era of berkeley if was, you look up yeah. uh on youtube like berkeley sheds that's the era that will come up they were super into that there's a lot really? of really awesome videos of matt gartska and jp bouvet and all the others um, i had no idea i'm gonna look that up yeah it's it's some cool stuff and you see all of these players and you're like oh yeah they play for this person they play for that person they yeah. were all there at the same time insane yeah i don't know what year that was maybe like 2012 to 15 ish i'm not sure yeah I, I can only imagine it it's just inspiring to go there it's also it probably would give me like a stomach ache to go there because i'm i would get so nervous but mm. um yeah it's but, a, it's a shame that it's like over you know I didn't spend yeah. that much time there, but also... Oh, I'm, are you not going back? No, because I'm Maybe. almost done. I, I'm okay. still doing it online, but I don't see myself going back and actually Physically. having more of the Berkeley experience because a lot yeah. of my friends are done with school and I'm having an easier time you know, doing the things I want to do here because at Berkeley you have to set up your drums and take them down every night. And you can I think I saw you time. mention that uh, yeah. on another pod. Yeah, that, yeah. that's... And that's like me. I just can't even fathom that. That I know because of a my lot of practice from experience, you know. Yeah, a lot of people don't choose to go that route because Berkeley does have uh, rooms that have drum sets in them already. Yeah, and those rooms are cool, but you only get like two hours to be in there. It's super loud. It's not your kit, and I'm like very stubborn about my sound and getting comfortable on my kit. So yeah. I was always down to set up my kit and and play there and take it down and go back, but it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's it definitely tiring. Are you allowed to store it there at least or No, but if you you could try and sometimes it works, you know, like I had a couple friends. There are only five rooms per floor. So yeah. if you had five friends up there, you'd be like, all right, guys, you want to just like all leave our stuff here and we'll yeah, see when yeah. someone says something, I'll take this room. And it could work out, but then it can get messy if somebody comes up and none of us are there and mm. they're like, someone's drum sets in here. And then they're taking your drums out and they're trying to kick you out and, and this and that. Like it, it can be sketchy to do that. You're not supposed to do that. And then... Uh, the people who work in the ensemble office who give you the keys, they will not be happy with you. But um, it just sure. sucks. I I pay for a locker. I wish I could pay for a room to yeah. keep my stuff there. That that would have been the dream. So it's nice to have my kit in one place. Yeah. Right now. Well, I. But that's like me. That's like us not having dedicated marimba rooms or multi perk rooms or drum set rooms. Yeah. 
and having to tear down a marimba and take it out and I store know. it. Like, yeah, man. it's a lot. It's a lot. I know it's, I w- it's different, but I mean, it is. Yeah, definitely different than a marimba. And they do have rooms for that, but there are so many drummers that they can't have everybody keeping a kit in a yeah. room. It's just not gonna work. But I was so desperate to play on my sound, and also the rooms are crazy small. Mm. Not, but they sound good. It's just you can't have a ridiculous setup. It's very yeah. practical. It's a practical size, so yeah. it's nothing. It's nothing bad, but. You know, if you've got the 22-inch cymbals and you've got the 20-inch crash, it's just not going to work. You really have to yeah. be in there to just scale it down and practice, you know? Because yeah. well, there's you... like a 5 by 4 room, and that's what? the ones you want. There are three of those, and then there's a 4 by 4 room. And I would always get stuck with those, and I'm like, oh. once you get stuck it's with the room, five, that's one. it. <laughs> exactly. I, I had to go there. And I had the 14-inch floor tom so that yeah. was my designated spot uh big fan of fusion sizes over here just saying but the, yeah uh, yeah yeah but the that's crazy i just can't it, yeah and i mean it, i can relate though i mean because like we if you did a multi-perk setup like for a piece mm-hmm. or an ensemble or something and you had to, it's like all right for this piece it's two congas two bongos four four concert toms three cymbals wind chimes mark tree you know whatever yeah how can and, you set that all up uh, but sometimes you had to. Yeah. Sometimes you'd tear it all down. Sometimes you had to. I would actually say 50% of the time. Otherwise, like, it's the faculty will throw you a bone and just, like, let you have the room. But Yeah, if it's a smaller place, I bet that happens more often. Yeah. But, but not with 300 drums. No. Like, definitely not. No. Geez. But I, w- I would just, like, put my headphones on, blast some music, and just yeah. set up and set up. break down. And you play I you play could. a five piece setup, so yeah. Now I do. Before, when I was in those practice rooms, I started with just kick tom, floor tom. So I guess a four piece setup, and then I moved to a five piece, and now I've got a six piece that I'm. You loving. got two floor toms. No, I actually went for three racks. Okay. To be like Neil Pert. Yeah. A little bit, a fraction of Neil Pert. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but I've taken that down because now i'm loving the sound of a 10 and a 12 for a while i was like eight and 10 is it but then i was like eh, it's kind of a big gap from yeah, the second tom to the wise. floor tom yeah it was just a bit much but i like smaller sizes so i have a six inch classic maple tom dope yeah it's it's pretty that's cool. like a little spock drum on a set of tenors you're just like Ping! i know. Like, you know i know it sounds amazing i don't i'm never gonna have to change the heads like it just sounds great but I had trouble finding a place for the eight to do an eight, 10, 12. Yeah. It makes the, the kit a little too wide for me. Yeah. Then my hi hat is out here and it just doesn't feel that comfortable. Mm. I need it to be very compact. Yeah. So right now I'm I, just rocking a five piece. I, I, you like make me want to get a set of Ludwig so bad. I just mm. like, but I, I'm, I'm such a Pearl snob for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Maybe it's just because I've always played Pearl. But uh, yeah, I did for a long time too. Uh, like all the marching drums I've ever played, Pearl. Yeah, same. all the mallet, mallet instruments. Yeah, exactly. Pearl and Yamaha have Yamaha, Yamaha, Yamaha have Yamaha. like a Yamaha. They uh, have like a monopoly over, like over the marching, over marching world. and yeah. concert stuff too. Like that's that's definitely uh, true the all the marimbas and xylophones or whatever i've played vibraphones have always been adams or yamaha 
That's um, so true. I I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. A so, lot of these other companies don't dip into that world. Now, Maje- uh, Mapex has a little bit with Majestic, um, mm. but their stuff is still a little ways away from being like top tier. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's a little, I, I don't know, but I, I've always wanted like that reference reference series from Pearl is like so incredible and I yeah and it's you know stuff along those lines of um when you get to a certain point like your ear develops for instruments you're like man I just I want a, you know a quality quality sound and that's Absolutely. what those Ludwigs provide for sure mm-hmm. especially like you get so many comments I was going through your comments one day and I was you get so many comments on that hand hammered superphonic i know that thing is magic i know it is so great tuned any which way i love it so much even when sometimes the lugs come loose so i put like a little i'm not sure what they're called it's a little plastic bit that i put yeah like a tuning lock and but sometimes when one is completely loose it gives me this really fat sound but i can't show it on camera because so many people will be like Oh, one of your yeah. lugs is loose. I, yeah. I see that. That that was a thing You're one gonna day. You're going to bend your rim. <laughs> I know. Yeah, people were all over that. Uh, and I didn't even notice, but I was like, oh, I guess that's where that sound comes from. But now I've I've got it cranked, and it sounds oh, crazy. Yeah. It's a you said Chris size. Brewer tr- tuned it for you or something like that? Yeah, at the at the Minel shoot. That yeah. Because I... Is it like a, a mid to high, mid to high tuning? Is that it was pretty? You're... It was like mid to low for that oh, okay. recording. It was a really fat, fat sound. Yeah. Um, the engineer was like, "I know that drum can breathe more," and yeah. I guess I wasn't allowing it to because sometimes I like a crack. I like it to just crack and be gone. But Me he too. really wanted to to let it breathe. So Chris came down and he tuned it just right, and I tried not to touch it at yeah. all for a while, but. For certain recordings, I have to crank it or lower it or put the big fat snare on. But it's yeah. good for anything. I yeah, really the, love it. You get so many comments on that thing. I know. It means so much to me. Yeah. I Yeah. I love those. <laughs> when people are, are into the sound, yeah. that, that is the best compliment. Yeah, your tone. Get. The tone you get um, mainly out of – for me, I, I, as an educator, I look, I look at hands a lot. So mm-hmm. – um, you have a nice like three almost like a three-point fulcrum it seems like yeah. the, the pointer fingers out just a little bit yeah. a lot of wrist action a lot mm-hmm. of like rebound usage um you do a good job of like because a lot of drum set playing can sometimes get away with a lot of arm lead like elbow lead as opposed to like wrist turn yeah up, you know um i don't know how much you think about that as much as i do a but lot. When you I do. was younger, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was that was drilled into me. When I was like 11, my teacher had me spend the whole summer working on molar technique. Like that yeah. was it. That's all we did. And that's such a crucial part of my playing. And it just like allows me to go with whatever the drum is doing. I don't fight whatever the drum, the drum is, yeah. is giving back to me. Uh, yeah. So molar is great for that. I do definitely like smash my left hand into the snare a lot because it just gives me the sound I want it gives Mm. me that that rim shot that I'm into and that feeling that I like and some people don't like the look of that Mm. but that's what works for me I I like it because I can tell you're relaxed um yeah and so like people see a downstroke and they automatically assume people are 
death gripping and throwing it and like just tightened all you know it's like I know. come on it's just relax it's just a, it's half of a rebound stroke so right. let's calm down here for a sec you can still be relaxed on a downstroke and i have to preach that in marching because uh otherwise you're gonna have kids hurt themselves like because mm-hmm. you're playing in such a high tension environment where you're just like gah, and like you are tight and everything all that's going to get inflamed and it's going to be totally so. i do think about that when I play, because yeah. sometimes I do find myself clenching my mm-hmm. left hand a bit too much. So I've been working on French grip a lot. Yeah. And trying to like twist my hand a bit more uh, and allow my fingers to do what they need to do because on my right hand, my fingers are always working. Yeah. And that allows me to stay very relaxed. So I'm trying to facilitate that in my left as well. I've only utilized French in timpani playing and because yeah. it's um, That's a big part of that. Yeah. It's. And, like, there was some, like, debate on Instagram about using French grip and stuff like that by a prominent teacher. And, like, he was, I don't know, he was saying it wasn't useful in certain environments or, like, it was only it was only useful in a couple of environments when it's, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like if you're getting the sound you want, you can use yeah. whatever you want. As so, long as you can switch between grips easily, I think that's yeah. the best way to play as long yeah. as you're... So I'm always like checking out my right hand. I can rotate it all the way around like this and be able to keep the note consistent. Like Mm. if I'm practicing on the pad, I can go to French, to German, to this fulcrum, to that one. Not so much in my left hand because that's just not what your left hand does most of the time. Yeah. Um, But if you can switch between different grips for different purposes i think that's the best way to play yeah german's going to give you that nice staccato sound that sharper kind of like tone yeah and french is going to be that nice legato kind of like even you know yeah. that's why we use it on timpani playing because it's a lot of legato playing yeah uh, and american you know being in that middle ground is great for um you know marching because we we need a little bit yeah, more wrist like- flexibility it's like yeah. kind of in between German and French, right? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, German, I would say, is way more flat. But yeah, um, I don't know, nerd stuff, you know what I'm saying? But it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, long story short, your hands look great. So thanks. I, yeah. I was actually thinking Luke Holland's also one of those players yeah. who is great at the hybrid of marching percussion and drum set. Although he doesn't talk about marching a lot but you can see it in his playing i agree yeah especially with all the stick tricks like yeah of course i was never a big stick trick guy because our all my teachers were like no you're not doing that it's (laughs) no it's beats first so yeah it's true it's true um, yeah but uh but yeah uh, dude how much time have we done hour 44 wow yeah that flew by sorry it's been a minute you probably gotta go so (laughs) I, I blocked this time out. I'm I'm chilling, but yeah, yeah. This is this has been cool. Yeah, I I hope you have fun. The uh, the I is these podcasts are always uh, kind of the the best ones because it's, it's like two people getting to know each other, which totally people like yeah. to listen to. So definitely, yeah. This yeah. has been very sweet. It's good to get to know you. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, the uh, this was a lot of fun. Like you know, I'm excited to see. Uh, for one thing, to meet you in person because yeah. eventually later on down the road, but also 2022. see 2022, it's happening. So, yeah, we'll climb out of our caves. And uh, I know and, I spend so many yeah. hours down here, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I'm looking for some stability myself, like just I'm ready for everything to just kind of 
chill out. But the, uh, but yeah, the, I, I, I'll let you go because the, uh, I know it, hour 44 is a long time. The, uh, I don't yeah, know I mean, I probably would have been on my phone or something, but TikToking. TikTok in a way. I got to delete that app, man. Like, I'm not on it. I never was on it. I um, actually, I'm finding myself getting into like just a scroll, uh, habit like i'm just scrolling and scrolling scrolling it's not good i'm getting a lot done too but too many hours scrolling i need to cut it down a bit i i had to put a timer on my instagram uh like you've been on instagram for an hour today and you're like jesus christ i did that once and i immediately put in the password to take it off i couldn't do it (laughs) so my my way of monitoring myself is i put the widget uh of screen time on my phone okay yeah i need to do that and that's a horrible, harsh reality to yeah. see every day. It's it's a good thing to have up there, though. Yeah, I'm going to make a note of that, actually. Yeah. Because I need to chill out on that. I have so many ideas for, like, YouTube and stuff like that. I just, I keep pushing back because I'm wasting time on Same, man. BS. Like, this is, these are my three weeks to be as productive as possible before I go back to school. And I find myself on my phone for way too much of yeah. it, you know? We'll, we'll, we'll get better at it. It's yeah, it's tough, especially when there's not a ton else to do, but... Um, yeah, but the ideas are a-brewing. Just yeah. gotta oh. make them happen. What, what oh. kind of... What are you sipping on there? I didn't even mean to do that. That oh. was totally... <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, but the ideas are a-brewing. I'm having some uh, espresso, I guess. I made it in a mocha pot. Oh, nice. A little coffee, some strong coffee to get the day going. Drink it black. Put some. Nah, uh, uh, no, don't. No. Come on. Lame. Oh, man, that would be so harsh with the mocha pot because it's, oh, like, sure, yeah. it's straight espresso. If I took in, like a shot of espresso, that would be different. Uh, Toss just it back. Some to, some to take I, the edge off. <laughs> exactly. I, I'd be able to do it then, but not yeah. not with this. It's too strong. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you have anything anything you want to plug um, for the listeners here who've got who've gotten to the end of this convo? <laughs> um, you can check out my website. I just designed my website. It's maddenclassdrums.com. Sick. And I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, there's some information there about my recording setup and uh, shows that are happening when they happen. Some people that I've played with, discography. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, check out the groups that I play with online. That's Space Junk is Forever and Robbie and the Houseplants. I've done some stuff with Weedus as well. I did a live record with them that's worth checking out. Uh, Mike Doty, I just played on his newest record called Ghost of Vroom. Sick. And another project that's in the works uh, is a group I'm a part of now called Mages, which is formed with... The front of house guy for Weedus named Tom Benson. He lives in Liverpool. And the bassist of Weedus, who also toured with Mike Doty, his name is Matthew. He's located in New York. Um, we had always wanted to do something together, but we can never really find the time because Tom is so far from us. But since we were all stuck at home, he started sending us demos and we just sort of played on top of them and we made, a, we made something happen. There was a very clear sound and direction there. So there's one single out now called Light. There's another one coming, and there should be a full length out in February or March. So there's there's some stuff on Spotify, but if you check out my website, everything is sort of in one place. Okay, so, cool. Awesome. Yeah, check out the Instagram and all that. It's yeah. where I do my things. 
Yeah. The, you need she, where she does her things. Yeah. That's where I. That's where I, I do my things. If you need recordings, <laughs> let me know. Everything is there. Yeah. Uh, in the follow her on TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. No. The, uh, <laughs> there's nothing. You'll see nothing. <laughs> You'll see the one gray day. like profile picture. Yeah. I know. Uh, I put up yeah. like one funny video of my brother just to see if anything happened, but nah. No. It's funny to me. I don't know it's about funny. other people. Yeah, yeah, that's all that matters. The exactly. okay. Well, great. The yeah. thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate. it. Of course, it. thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can follow the Rudimental Podcast on all streaming platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all the good stuff. Uh, you heard it heard it in the middle of the podcast, but the support link down in the description below uh, for just ninety nine cents a month, you can support the podcast. It helps us out tremendously um and goes towards uh making this thing as best as it can be um you can follow madden um on all the things she just listed instagram is is popping for her um and all her projects you can follow me www.heartwelldrums.com and heartwell drums on instagram and twitter uh twitter is kind of turning into just my meme source so whatever but the <laughs> uh i got some stuff brewing with youtube and all that kind of stuff we have very exciting stuff coming from uh a design and branding standpoint everything's getting redone um and i'm super stoked about that you can thank cameron leach for that because he gave me some great purposes so with that being said that's it for this one we'll see you next time